You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Welcome to the Antler Up Podcast brought to you by Tethered, the world's best saddle hunting gear, and we got a great show for you all today. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Antler Up Podcast. We're on episode 213, and on this week's episode, I was joined by PA Native. I got Ryan Cornelius on the other side today, and what a fun conversation we had because we discuss our anticipation for spring and other outdoor activities that we're going to be going with. But we kick off the show talking about Ryan's involvement with Bowhunter Die and his experience that he had this past year shooting the bow hunter class at the Lancaster archery shoot. And what a cool thing just because, man, I have a lot of respect for anybody that goes and attends any type of shoots that's putting themselves out there. And Ryan, first time shooting it, he had a blast. And true bow hunter himself, he was he will mention how he was using his Easton 5mm access, still had his wraps on, still using just all his hunting stuff, which is so awesome to hear. And he Ryan also shares killing his his buck early on, which was the second day of the season. So we talk a little bit of really the planning and all that type of stuff that went into that one. Uh, but we really dove into how that set up really his time post hunt, where he talks about his planning of where he was going to hunt, maybe his thought process on does and how he used the time in the stand to learn a lot about deer movement, deer behaviors and patterns and strategies and all that type of stuff, which was really cool to hear. And I think you'll value some, some of the things that Ryan has to say about this. We then talk a little bit about uh, the self-filming thing where obviously he's doing things for bow hunter die, but we talked about it, how it's really a good learning opportunity for us hunters that actually do film it just because of missed opportunities or what do you think that deer actually ended up doing? And like you'll hear him say in this episode where he was able to film a lot of bucks and a lot of buck behavior and just learn from it, which is a kind of a really cool thing. And then obviously go back in and check things out and share it with family and friends. And then we really, we get into how, the planning process goes for Ryan for going out of state. So Ryan's been on the podcast before he's talked about hunting Kansas and he and a friend have were really fortunate and drew Kansas three times in a row this past year. They did not, they went to Missouri and I kind of talked to him about what's his process for these out of state whitetail hunts, because you all know I'm some of my best friends, Tim and Tom, and they have a, th- a thorough process when it comes to some Western hunt stuff. And heck, I know people even do it with whitetail, but I wanted to hear Ryan's perspective, how he really plans it. And it was a unique experience to, to hear from his point of view. So that kind of wraps up our main discussion, main meat and potatoes of this episode. Really hope you enjoy it. Uh, as you can probably tell my voice, I'm still have something lingering. So 
appreciate all the support. Sorry I didn't get a chance to go out that second week of the outdoor show. I didn't get a chance to meet some people and, and uh, that was messaging me. So I really appreciate you reaching out. But I want to just say thanks again for all this support. Really looking forward to what's coming up this spring, getting out, scouting, doing some shed hunting, getting get my daughter out for turkey hunting, doing it myself as well. So just want to say thanks again for all that support. And if you like what you hear, make sure you go leave that five-star review over on, on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast. But also make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. We'll drop down the videos every week if it's either wednesday or the day after i'll get it out there but if you want to watch it you can as well so i can't say thank you enough for all your support also really quick a couple things are going to be coming out uh, as you can see with uh tethered tethered's doing a bunch of different shows uh, make sure you're going out there and one getting your butt in a saddle to try it out if you're interested in it but also if you already have pieces of gear that you need to piece together these are the times to get out and and get this stuff because it's at a discount it got show prices all that stuff some of my favorite pieces of gear like that m2 vest as well as that new ultra lock saddle man it, it it's awesome so if you want to go sit in one check it out see where one's going to be local to you or Hit me up, see what we could do, figure something out for you. All right, everybody. Thanks again. Enjoy this episode with Ryan. Antler up. Tethered is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail hunting. Designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter, Tethered produces the most mobile, stealthy, and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet. Built by saddle hunters, Forward the saddle hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. America's Best Bowstrings is dedicated to crafting the finest custom bowstrings using top notch BCY fibers and their exclusive building process. Here's why ABB stands out unmatched quality, known for exceptional durability and performance, experience no peep rotation, no creep, and no serving separation. Tailored for any bow. Performance guaranteed. Trust ABB to deliver a bowstring that not only meets but exceeds your expectations. New for 2024 is the Launch Series, designed for the most demanding bow hunters and archers, setting a new standard in durability and performance. Here's what sets Launch apart fully pre stretched strings for total stability, ensuring industry leading performance every time you draw your bow. Exclusive 452XE fiber crafted with exclusive fiber launch bowstrings provide unparalleled strength and resilience, making them the go-to choice for serious archers. Two-year warranty, free shipping on orders over $199. Order your set today over at AmericasBestBowstrings.com and use code AU10 to save $10 off your order. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show this week. I'm joined by Ryan Cornelius. Ryan, it's a great pleasure to have you back on the episode. We've uh, we had an interesting week to to finally get get this one recorded between myself being sick, you're traveling, you're doing all cool things, and then finally we were ready to rock and roll. And something happened on my end just now, but we're we're up and running. We're we're good to go. Yep, that's right. Well, thank you for having me, Jeremy. I'm glad glad to be back on. Dude, I, it's it's a pleasure, man. From PA, doing things with Bowhunter Die, which. Uh, what's been really cool from my seat is just seeing from when we first did a podcast, what, like two years ago, I would say, yeah. like oh, oh, probably close to that, Ryan, 
is yep. just seeing your growth doing things more and more with those guys from Bowhunter Die, which I haven't had the chance to really meet Justin or Todd, uh, but close acquaintances, obviously working with Tethered and doing things, man, they especially the guys from Tethered, they speak just so highly of, of both of those guys and everybody else involved with Bow Hunter Die. And uh, if it's a reflection on you, man, they, it, you know, you fit that mold because just, again, oh, we've met you. each other at Total Archer Challenge and, you know, just communicating through text and messaging and all that type of stuff. So uh, it's really neat to see your development and path for the cool things that you've been doing for them. It's, it's really neat to see, dude. Yeah, no, it's it's been a blast. It's been a blast. I'm uh, very fortunate. Got hooked up with those guys, and uh, yeah, the great great people all around the whole whole bow hunter die team. Um, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun, and I love uh, some of my hunts being able to be uh, seen by a, a lot more than just my close buddies and stuff. So it's <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is that is really cool. So we were just talking here in Pennsylvania right now. It just seems like. You could go back and you look at old memories, middle of February. It could be you could wear be wearing shorts and a t shirt and you're thinking turkey season's right around the corner, you know, getting ready to be in, in the stream somewhere and baseball season's rolling around, all that type of stuff. Or you could look back to a memory or just what is happening, it seems like this year, we're getting a couple inches of snow. So it's delaying a couple things that we would really wish we could be doing right now. But yep. man, how are you handling that right now? Like, what are you looking forward to coming up here these next couple of weeks or itching to finally get out to do? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I, I really do want to get, get out looking for some deer sheds and, uh, and, and doing some scouting on some, some property that, uh, uh, I haven't, I haven't been to in a long time now. Um, I ended up, uh, uh, having some good luck in hunting season early on. So some of these properties I haven't been to since the very beginning of October. And, uh, so yeah, but no, I'm looking forward to some of that. And we were, we were spoiled. The winter's been pretty easy here so far up until, uh, at least in the this South central part of the state, it's been pretty easy so far up until about a, a week or so ago. Yeah. And, uh, so, but I'll take it. I don't mind, I don't mind some snow, but, uh, but I do, I'm, I'm itching to get out and, uh, put some boots on the ground. I'm with you. It's like, Right now is probably when I'm over it because if it's cold, mm -hmm. when it is always a constant cup, when it is like a two week window of high 20 something sprinkling of 40, it, it that's when I get sick is when it's that fluctuation yeah, of, of temperature. It absolutely. always seems like. So yep. I get sick during that time frame. When I step outside, I have to go start my truck or my wife's vehicle or whatever. I'm like, man, it is just too cold. Like I'd, I'm not a big fan of when it's like a constant. So I'm ready for spring. I'm ready for like what you just said. I'm ready to go scout. There's places yeah. I haven't been until since middle middle of October and yeah. stuff like that, man. I'm I'm ready to get back in the woods and do a little bit more postseason scouting. But the good news is I was talking to an individual, uh, man, about a week and a half ago, and it I didn't get a chance obviously with the baby and everything like that, I didn't get a chance to do as much in season after tagging out and doing those type of stuff of postseason scouting, I guess you could call it. I didn't get a chance to do that much. And I felt behind. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I should be out in the woods. I should be doing this. And then when I look back at when I really hit the ground running last year was pretty much like, I don't know. I, I think it was towards the end of February uh, beginning yep. more so of March. So I still got time. I'm still, Oh yeah. it still gives me a little bit more of, of 
figuring out things on Spartan Forge where I want to go or wherever and figure things out and, and make a game plan to get, head out in the woods and really do some homework and get ready for spring, man. I'm excited for turkey season again this year. So yep. like you, I'm ready for this this uh, weather to break and, and uh, have, have some of our good times in the woods. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Oh, man. So so you had this past January. I'm, I'm itching to, to talk to you about this. So in years past, for how much I love archery, Ryan, I mean, I love it. There's just, there's nothing like it. Obviously, you're with bow hunter die, so it's like, it, I'll be out with, with my 257, and I'll look, and if you're out hunting, you're posting it. You still got a bow in hand, wearing your orange. You're, you're, you're one of those guys, which I love. And, and I used to do that, too, until I finally got my own rifle and, and all that stuff from, uh, from bringing it from my dad's or finally purchasing another one for myself. But you did with the guys from Bowhunter Die, the Lancaster Archery Meet, which for as much as I love archery, I was never into shooting the paper, like the indoor stuff. I just, because yep. of where my shot process was the last couple of years, I just knew I'd be a, a walking disaster, dude. How, how was that? Because I'm, I'm so, so interested in hearing how your experience was. Yeah. So it was a blast. It was a blast. I'm really glad I finally shot it. I've been, I've been going there and helping, helping out with the booth and helping, uh, the Bonner die guys here for, uh, I think last four, maybe five years. And this is the first year I actually shot it. And, uh, yeah, I definitely didn't shoot as well as I was hoping. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I've always had a, a, it's one of those things I used to really be into, into target shooting. Okay. Um, more so 3d. Yep. I, I love 3d. Um, I uh, used, to, I mean, every weekend through spring and summer, I'd be at a one or two 3d shoots and maybe an evening one throughout the week. And, uh, and then, uh, when I went to college, um, I shot with Penn state and, uh, ended up doing some more spots and, uh, yeah, I was never really great at that. I, I enjoy it though. So it's still a good time. And, um, but, uh, but it doing this shoot did get me shooting my bow at a time when I probably wouldn't have been shooting it. So I was, it, it was good. It got me out. Uh, uh, I wish I was practicing a little bit more leading up to it. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, but I had, I had, I've been shooting a bunch and since then this has kept me shooting. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to keep, keep at it here. And, uh, uh, next year I'm hoping to, hoping to do, do better. There's yeah. only, I only have room for improvement at this point. <laughs> yeah. There's only really one, do... one place to go. That's up. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but it, it, it was a blast. Um, there is really something about, I mean, that shoot in particular, um, well, it's, it's very local for me. I'm within an hour from Lancaster, but, uh, at the same time, I mean, the, shooters that they get the amount of shooters they i mean you could be standing on a line shooting next to levi morgan right um <clears throat> jesse broadwater uh brady ellison they had a, a, i mean casey cough old olympians like i mean it's it's pretty cool it's pretty cool and they have uh they have the bow hunter class which is awesome that's what that's what all of us shot um me todd and justin and um uh yeah it, it's it's a blast and uh bowhunting.com bowhunter die does a contingency for the bow hunter class and uh um it's it's a it's a pretty cool setup and i mean the whole the whole system they have there from uh from your qualification round to the shoot-ups and then uh then at the on the i think it was uh sunday morning they had the bow hunter um finals and i mean so i was i wasn't there sunday to, to watch those and all of those in person 
but uh i did i was watching some stuff on youtube i mean i was glued to my when i what the from the time i got home from being there i was glued to to their youtube channel watching watching that um it's it's awesome and if nothing else i mean people might be intimidated and be like oh i don't want to look like a fool i mean you have i mean all forms of shooters there i mean there's people totally missing targets i didn't do that thank goodness <laughs> i didn't totally miss a target but uh um but it's easy to get in your own head when you're staring oh, yeah. at those spots and that's uh that's that's been my problem i can i can get in my head and it's really hard to come out to come out of there yeah well that's what's so really so fascinating about it is that when you sit here on the not have never competed on the 3d uh or heck even like we were what we're talking about as far as paper and spots when you look at it as from afar you're like it's only 20 yards. I shoot 20 yards all the time. Yeah. Like it's nothing. Right. But yep. like you said, you're staring at that one little X and how many times can you continuously hit that with all these people? And to be quite real, there's only a handful of people that are looking at you. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. in the grand scheme of thing, but you think yep. everybody sees you miss that one miss or whatever. And, yep. but in reality, it's not. Yeah, no, it, and that's the thing. I'm not, I'm, I'm not Levi Morgan. So like, no one really cares what I do. Yeah. Like, so I'm up there shooting and like, when it comes down to it, yeah, I was on, so on my target face, you shoot with three other archers. So four people do a target face um, or not target face to a, uh, Big to a target bail. and each yeah. person has, yeah, each bail. So, um, so I shot with three really cool dudes and uh, they, they were all better than me. They were all shooting uh, men's open and, uh, I mean, they had the big target stabilizers and scopes and I mean, give me that. It's not helping. I'm not shooting as good as them. They, they, they are better shots. Than me. I, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to say that's the resets. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, when you're coming down to it, like archery is, it, it's, it's very, it's an individual thing. Like you're there with all those people, but like you, if you shoot your best, yeah. that's going to give you the best chance to win. Like you're not like, you're not trying to knock knock somebody else out or something like that it's a it's uh and that's that's the great thing i mean and nobody really nobody really does care right like, what you do yeah. um i mean maybe maybe on the when there's on the final stage they're right. really they're really hoping that maybe uh maybe try to win uh, some money put one in the red or something like that yeah, but, yeah. Um, but but no it's it was a blast and uh, I am looking forward to shooting that next year. Nice. Do you so. think? Do you think going and helping out like the last couple of years, like even though you did not shoot it, did it help you a little bit? Like because then you, you kind of had an idea of what to expect a little bit. Yeah. No, it definitely did. It definitely did. Um, yeah. I mean, it, just going into that, and uh, I know walk. If if someone has never been there before, and you walk in, and you see these lines, so they have this. Uh, it's held down at that Spooky Nook Sports Complex mm -hmm. in Lancaster. It is a huge complex and they have uh, two, they have two lines, like each side of this giant room and uh, the amount of people that can shoot at once. I, I wish I could tell you the number, but hun hundreds of people can shoot at once and uh, it's, it could be intimidating. It could be intimidating and they shoot multiple lines. Uh, so like at the eight o'clock line, there's, uh, I mean, you're shooting two people stand beside each other and shoot. And then you rotate after you get two minutes, then you rotate and um, next two guys shoot and then you go pull your arrows. But uh, 
but yeah, it, it could be intimidating. So I do think, I do think going there and, and knowing how it all functions and what to expect, uh, I think that definitely did help. Nice. Um, did, did you, did you shoot your normal hunting setup? As I far, did. Yeah, I like did. Arrows I, and yeah. everything. Yeah. So that was the other thing. Yeah. If I, <laughs> if I had larger diameter arrows, I probably would have had like another 12 to 15 points easy, like maybe more. Yeah. Um, and, uh, hundred percent. Yeah. I was just shooting my, my Eastern axis, um, arrows and <laughs> I had arrow wraps. I was probably the only person there with arrow wraps on too. Really? Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, um, but yeah, total, total hunting setup. All I did, I, I backed the poundage down. I did do that. Um, I did not feel like shooting 65 pounds that many times. Um, so I did back it down to, I think I was at 54 pounds. Um, and, uh, I did that. I changed the wheel on my HHA just that way I can put my other one back on. And, um, uh, yeah, but total, total regular hunting setup. In fact, I even left my, I mean, I left my, uh, the bolt for my quiver mount. I left the, uh, <laughs> a lot of people, I mean, yeah, I have my little, I have that, I shoot that, uh, that little black hook that tethered has that yep. you mount to the, that you can hook to the, uh, his strap. Yep. I left that on there. Um, but yeah, but, yeah, so I was genuinely using my hunting rig. Yeah, yeah, so, you you get 100%. you get a, you get extra bonus points because you were a legit <laughs> bow hunter bow hunter mode going in there. I like it, man. <laughs> uh, no, that's but, good. I and I give you all kudos, man, because like I said, it's it you know whether whether you finish first or you finish last, doing something like that, getting outside a comfort zone, testing your ability. I mean, it's really sparked uh, an interest in me that I want to compete in the sense of like to try something like that. Like I'm not talking like I'm going to designate my time and go win money. Like I just want to like quit being a little pansy and just go do it basically because, yeah. you know, with me not coaching anymore and everything else going on, like I have that, I have that like that, you know, we're just that competitiveness where I, I need to do something and I'm like, okay, I'm going to rig up my elite Kairos that I have. And like you said, I'm going to back it out. It is 70 pounds and I could easily shoot it. But like what you're saying, if I really want to get a lot of reps in, I, I, I do, I want to back it out, you know, not as low as I can go, but for a decent little, if I could get down to like 62 pounds where it's just a nice little continuously draw, I'll have to put a different side tape on my HHA as well. But I wanted, I really want to do that. And then once, uh, once like 3D season rolls around where we'll be shooting a little bit more, as long as, the, you know, I think the Montage Mountain one, that one, we do have a pretty good couple distance shots. That one I might have to, maybe I'll take my arrow, leave that one at 70 pounds, and that's the one I'll, I'll shoot for that. But, um, but yeah, so I, I do, I, I have that itch, and I was so interested and excited to hear your story with that. So, man, like I said, I give you a lot of kudos because that's so freaking cool that, that you did that. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm very happy that I finally shot it. Yeah. Um, I, I thought about it the last couple of years and I, I, I didn't, I, I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pay to put myself through that, but I'm so <laughs> glad I did. I'm yeah. so glad I did. It was, uh, I, I recommend it to, to anybody who, who, who's interested. I mean, it's a, it's a great experience. Yep. Um, you get, I mean, and, and if you don't want to shoot, just go there, check it out. I mean, they, and they have vendors, vendors. most, yep. most of the bow companies are there. Um, you can go check stuff. I mean, it's only a few miles from the shop. And if somebody's never been to Lancaster Archery Supply, I mean, it's, it is, it's an impressive shop to go to. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, Heck, uh, but, 
Heck yeah, yeah it's, man. It's, it's an experience. That's awesome. Good for you. Well, here's, you brought it up and this was another direction that I wanted to talk to you, Ryan, is so <laughs> one, before we talk a little bit about like the filming and, and some of the things that, that you've been doing and improving and all those lines this year, like you mentioned, you killed your buck early. And when I mean early, you killed him on like the second day of the season of like statewide yeah. of Pennsylvania. Yeah I, yeah. I got him October 2nd. So yeah. I think I'm pretty sure that was pretty sure that was Mon- I think it was a Monday. Monday. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Yep. Cause you killed, you killed your buck that night and I killed a doe that night. Cause I didn't get a chance to go out opening day. We had fam, um, what do we have? I think my my daughter's uh, baby shower was like one of those, and I was like, I'll give up that day because it's opening day. I'm not gonna. I told Heather, I was like, I'm not giving up like October 18th or something like that. So earlier the better. So that's what we did, and um, so yeah, my first day was that Monday. I killed the doe that night. It was super warm where mm-hmm. I was. I don't know what it, where it was like. Yeah, it, for, was warm. Yeah. <laughs> it was warm. <laughs> it was warm. So before, I mean before we talk a little bit about the story, I guess, with that, because you had, it was like a rodeo for you, dude. We, that's a good way to put it. (laughs) You like, I mean, I was mid twenties, uh, as far as like, I was what the 23rd when I killed my buck. And that was the earliest I ever killed a buck in October. So you were weeks before that, even what kind of things did you do then? afterwards i know you went doe hunting like you went for a couple does and here and there but like how did that change like was that a whole new experience for you it it was it was i've uh yeah i've never shot a buck that early um i've shot i think the earliest i've ever i think i did shoot one like the second like towards the end of that first week it might have been might have been like the second saturday okay and um and that was many years ago but that's (laughs) Yeah, normally I'm always killing bucks in November. Um, I've killed a couple in late October. Otherwise, it's typically November. Um, it definitely, it definitely did change, uh, change some things. Um, now, uh, the last few years I've been able to go hunt out of state, mm-hmm. and so that has helped. Right. Um, if I if I wasn't hunting out of state, I don't know. I'd have been yeah. I'd just probably just been really trying more to fill a couple more doe tags, but um, it was. It was, it was a different experience yeah. for sure. So let's kind of, I, I do want to ask you this because I talked about it on my podcast before about my buck situation. Like when I killed that buck, it was kind of, it had in the back of my mind, I was thinking about my trip to Ohio. It was like, Hey, instead of going a couple days and maybe coming back here because I want to time it right. And I don't want to waste my opportunity here in Pennsylvania type of ordeal. Like when that buck came up, I mean, he did make me grab my bow right away, contemplated, and then it was like, man, the situation where I talked about it, where I told my dad I was specifically going to kill a buck here at this time. Like, not I didn't know that specific time, but that spot I did, I called it with him when we were scouting, and that that was like, okay, check box one. And then, like, the other thing, like, immediately was like, well, now you could go to Ohio for, like, almost a week with Albert. Uh, checkbox two. Let's do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. that did play a huge role. Now, if I didn't have those, uh, the maybe the trip to Ohio or already knew that was a, a thing or something along those lines, I might have maybe held out. Like, I don't know. But, you know, I, I like to hear like your point of view, but just because again, with you, I mean, that was the second day of the season statewide, yeah. just yep. because again, that like that could 
like, did you have a beat on, on that buck going into that? Or was it, Hey, I'm going in here and, um, kind of like, you know, kind of run, run us through maybe a little bit of like your thought process and your thinking and, and how that kind of changed a little bit for the rest of this, of the month and, and yep. season for you. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, so I, I did have a pretty good beat on this buck. Um, I actually had leading up to this year, I was more confident, um, than I've been in a lot of recent years. Nice. Um, probably, probably, probably the most confident I've been since my son was born and he's seven now, um, leading up to a season starting. So, um, this, this property is a piece that I did some door knocking on, uh, two years ago and I uh, got permission on, and, uh, this is a, so this is the second year I was hunting it. Um, I ended up, it has other hunters, so it's not like I have the piece of my Take the guesswork out of building your own arrows for this upcoming season by ordering a custom set of arrows from Exodus Outdoor Gear. They have developed and sourced literally the most precise archery components on earth to build a tailored arrow for your hunting adventures. Just head over to Exodus's website and plug in your specifications in the arrow builder and have your custom set sent straight to your door. You have two arrows to choose from, one being the MMT arrow, which is a 246 diameter shaft, and the new NIS, which is a 204 diameter shaft arrow. Use code AU to save 15% off your tailored arrow order at exodusoutdoorgear.com. So the, <laughs> right. the reason the guy let me on is he seems to let pretty much almost anybody who asked on. So, uh, but I was able to, I learned a lot that first season. I learned um, a lot about deer movement during the rut. Um, I had a lot of good deer on camera and uh, it was somewhat frustrating because I, I mean, always you get deer on camera that you never end up seeing, but uh, right when I start seeing these is when these deer is when I start seeing other hunters on my cameras. And um, uh, this place was polluted with stands and I was like, I'm going to hike way back here on this side and maybe get away from people. And it didn't work out. Um, there was one section of the property though, that I didn't check out. Just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good things going for it, but there's a lot of things um, that kept me away from it before. But um here it's a pretty steep piece of ground on this this piece um there's some other houses not super close to where i'm hunting but i mean i i like i like to get away like i, I if i don't have to hear hear people out in their yard taking their dog out to go to the bathroom or mowing their grass or any of that stuff uh, i'd rather i'd rather not uh i'd rather be able to get away from some of that but um but this piece uh, i put a camera up there and sure enough, I was getting lots of pictures of deer. I did, I did some turkey hunting down there on that piece as what well, that part of the property as well in the spring, but, um, uh, ended up finding some, some decent trails and, uh, uh, that were getting some pretty good use and, uh, put a camera up and sure enough, I was getting, getting a handful of bucks pretty regularly. Um, not a lot of dough, um, but lot pretty regular bucks. And I'm like, well, this is, this is, this is good. And so, um, ended up this buck I ended up getting, I had him on camera every couple of days in this area. Uh, so I was pretty, pretty confident that, that I, if I, if I was smart about it, that I could at least put eyeballs on him. Um, but, uh, but also on the other aspect, so, uh, I'm in York County, so I'm in South central Pennsylvania. Um, I'm originally from Western PA and so that's where, uh, 
I've been doing most of my hunting growing up and that's where I still try to do a lot of my hunting. Uh, but finding time to get out there is not it's a four hour <laughs> <Not> drive. <easy. laughs> it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. And, uh, I did put some work in this year. Uh, we, me and my dad put a food plot in, uh, on the property and, uh, it's a, it's a piece where, uh, we used to have a farmer farming it. Farmer quit farming it. Uh, I think six or seven years ago, uh, his equipment was too, he said his equipment was too big and he didn't like having to get, go back the, the path to get back there. And I don't, I don't blame the guy. Right. Um, it, it was unfortunate. I, I miss having corn and beans back there. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was, it was a game changer and, uh, and the property did change. I mean, the last up until this past year, I mean, I would see bucks during the rut, but otherwise very, very rarely would I see bucks, um, planted this food plot and I ended up seeing quite a bit of deer this year, um, while hunting, but uh, even leading up to it, I mean, uh, we planted it August, I think August 13th. Um, it's a, it's a blend of a bunch of different stuff, but it's mostly clovers and chicory. And, uh, I think there was some sort of radish or turnip in it, but, um, and those didn't come up great clover though. Clover came up like fire and they've been hammering it. But, um, so I was really, I was looking forward to this, this hunting season. I, I had a feeling that early in the year, uh, I was going to have more, more success seeing deer than I have had early in the year, the last, last handful of years. Yeah. That's really cool to hear. And then, so like with this deer, uh, man, talk about your little rodeo that you had, because yeah. <laughs> uh, you could watch it after you listen to this, if you haven't had a chance to go and, and seen this video, the one I'm talking about. But I remember texting you and being like, dude, way to stick with it and actually get that shot. Congratulations, man. Like awesome deer, awesome video sequence. Talk, I guess, kind of run through what ended up happening and how yep. you managed to keep your composure, man. Because at some point, I would have just been like, screw this camera screw oh man it, it was just a little bit of a rodeo for you so go ahead and explain that what happened <laughs> uh so yeah i i recommend you guys go go watch this um but at the same time it was it was a rodeo that's the best way to put it um so i get off work i get in my truck i run run up to the spot it's only a few miles away from my house and uh end up uh hiking down in the woods, finding a tree. I didn't know exactly what tree I was going to go in. Um, I had a general, I knew where I was seeing this deer on my camera and I've, I, I was seeing them at least within the first, within a couple nights of, of that, I had pictures of them and it, it was always like right before dark, even with it being warmer. And it was still in the daylight before dark. So I, uh, I set up where there were some like logging roads, there was a small clearing and I was hoping that he didn't do what I was expecting him to do. Like I, I figured he was going to come from one way and come up the hill. He didn't, he, he came through some thick stuff and, uh, ended up making, making him much closer to where I was than where I expected him to be. But I get set up. I'm, I've been hunting out of the saddle now for I think three years and I love the saddle. I mean, I I've, it's one of those things. I used to be, have all the time in the world and I'd have all sorts of tree stands prepped and anymore. It's, I mean, I, I rely on being mobile now because I don't have time to, to give a spot a lot of time. Like if, if, if I'm not seeing something, I I'll, I'll move. Um, 
but so I get set up in this tree and I don't normally do this, but I've been doing this the last year or so more where I draw my bow back and I, I see what, how it feels being in certain positions in the saddle and where if I'm like, if a deer is coming from this side, this is my shot opportunity. What's it feel like? Do I, do I truly have, have a shot? Um, and I did that and then I let my bow down. And when I let my bow down, I realized that my, uh, so the, like the, the launcher, like the, the arrow holder on the arrow rest, the felt that's on that has worn through. So it was just, it was bare plastic. So it was the carbon arrow shaft on bare plastic. And when I let down, like it went tink, 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 like you could hear it, it was pretty loud. And I'm like, crap. I'm like, I need to, I need to fix that. And I need to remember now if, if I, for whatever reason need to let down tonight, I need to be very, very slow and careful with it. So fast forward about like an hour and a half. <laughs> uh, I end up hearing something behind me. It's this buck. He's coming through, coming through the thicket behind me and uh, behind me and below me. And uh, I get my camera on him. He's like, he's less than 10 yards away. And so I'm being very, very careful. I love filming my hunts, but man, it adds a whole nother aspect, whole nother aspect to it. And having to let down when the deer walks out of the camera frame. So that's what happened. I was at full draw and the deer took a step and you couldn't, you couldn't, I couldn't seem the vital. I couldn't, I, I was trying to see if I could lean, trying to see if I could move the camera, like, and nothing, nothing worked. I'm like, I got to let down. So I'm letting down as slowly as I can. And if you want to read some really mean YouTube comments, <laughs> go ahead to that video. <laughs> Actually, a couple of my videos, everyone's always like, man, that guy shoots way too much poundage. He doesn't have to be Cameron Haynes. He shouldn't be shooting 80 pounds. I'm shooting 65 pounds. I can handle it. I can draw it back and let it down all day long. But I was, I, I wish I could explain what actually happened. I don't know what happened. When I was letting down, I'm, I'm shooting a, a UV button release. So my, my finger, my thumb should have been behind the trigger. I'm 99.9% .9 sure that it was behind the trigger. And as I'm letting down, maybe it got caught on my binocular harness strap. Maybe, maybe it wasn't behind the trigger. I don't know. I don't know. For whatever reason, I'm letting down and I'm almost the whole way back let down. I might be drawn back like two, three inches at this point. And it goes off <laughs> and my arrow just, it launches. It goes like five or six feet, hits a limb and goes straight down into the ground. And, uh, it's, it was very entertaining watching with the Luminoc. Cause like it was what the deer didn't move. Um, I don't think he even picked his head up. I don't know. I don't, I got lucky is what it came down to. I got lucky. I don't know if he thought it was walnuts falling. There were a lot of walnuts falling in that area and acorn. I don't, I don't know. Um, no idea. Yeah, Maybe I, he's I, deaf. I'm not sure. Dude, <laughs> I'm not sure. All the above, but plus two. I think during that time frame, with the foliage just being so th thick, yeah. you know what I mean. Like you, like how you were saying earlier about trying to find like your opening spot. Like that is critical during that early season because yeah, in the saddle we can shoot 360 degrees, but yep. that doesn't mean we have 360 degrees of shooting lanes and we could actually exactly. shoot that. But yep. I, when that happened, that was my first thought process was like, man, I, 
it has to be just so thick and he probably just put that noise along with that's just something like an acorn or like you were saying walnuts were dropping like crazy um and yeah that was my that was my thought process yeah yeah but so then he takes a few more steps and he's in another clearing and I, i knock another arrow i get the camera on him and so you take a deep back. breath. Yep. Yep. I, <laughs> I recompose myself and, uh, and it was, it was, I mean, I was able to, everything happened so perfect. I was, I was, I was laughing at myself, like in my head, like but before I, before I was able to take another shot, I'm like, I was like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. And, um, ended up, uh, he gave me another shot opportunity. I made a count. He, I think the shot, the shot was definitely within 20 yards. I can't remember how far it was now, but he ended up uh, taking off and he fell in the little, he, he fell in the clearing where uh, I was getting pictures of him before. Um, And the thing that was interesting is where he was coming from and where he was. I wouldn't have got pictures of him on my camera, like when he comes this way. And, uh, and again, like I said, I haven't, I set that camera up back in, I think June and I wasn't back in there. And, they definitely were using this area where he was coming through more so than where I was getting pictures of them at. And that's, that's the thing. Like cameras only tell you so much. They only tell you so much. And, um, a lot, I mean, it's a good tool, but you can't, you can't rely solely on, on what you're, what you're seeing there. But, but yeah, it was, it was indeed a rodeo and, uh, but it was, it was awesome. That was my, that was my first buck in Pennsylvania not killed out in western pennsylvania so this is my first one on this side of the state i've shot a bunch of doe out here but this was the first buck um so i'm pretty excited now i have i have my my wall full of deer and when someone finally asked me out here now hey did you get any of these around here i'll be able to say yes rather yeah. than be like no <laughs> no they're all yeah. all four hours away so but uh, i was pretty pumped and i was able to have my son come down and uh you got to follow the blood trail and, and, and help me get the deer out of the woods. And he, uh, as far as bucks, it's been a while. It, I had a, I had a buckless drought going in Pennsylvania. I think, uh, it was, it was I'm trying to think it was either 2017 or 2018. I think 2017 was the last fucking PA prior to that. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. So too busy killing all those big ones in Kansas. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that saves the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You have deer prediction, journaling, and the best maps on any hunting app platform there is. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20% off your Spartan Forge membership at spartanforge.ai. <laughs> uh that definitely had a that definitely had a uh, uh that was definitely a factor behind it yeah. i mean i was i only have so much leave at like yeah. like you too like mm-hmm. and uh i was used to always take take a week during the rut here in pennsylvania and i've been using that that week out in kansas and then this past year missouri so yeah um but i was i'm i'm super happy i'm super happy i had uh i did have some opportunities after that yeah, I remember you I said I was, you I was messaging you. Like I, I sent you the one video. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was it was a fantastic year. Do you think? Do you think like that helped you learn like 
there's some learning moments too of like, you know, maybe, maybe you're hunting just because you have the time, you don't have like that pressure, you're out. Like, and I'm, like, I don't want to say like you're talking down, like, oh, I'm only going for a doe, but like you have that encounter, like with a buck or something. Like, mm-hmm. do you look at that and be like, hmm, I, I wonder why? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you ask that question, uh, why? Oh, absolutely. And that's, I definitely, I definitely learned a lot this year from buck that I didn't get to shoot. There you go. hundred percent. Um, and that's the thing too, cause you, like otherwise, uh, and that's the thing, like I here in where I've, where I hunt in what my, my area, I mean, you don't always get, I mean, same with you. You don't always get an opportunity at, mm-hmm. at a buck. You even want to draw your bow back on. Right. Um, this year was the opposite. I had plenty of opportunities. Um, but I learned a lot because otherwise, like when that buck walks in, you still have your buck tag, you're grabbing your bow and you're, you're just focusing on executing a shot. Yeah. Um, I got to sit back. I didn't have to grab my bow. I had my camera. I was recording them. And, um, but I got to watch, I got to watch, I got to pay really think about where they were coming from, why they were coming from that direction. Uh, I got to see how they interacted out in the field, um, and how other deer, uh, reacted when some of these walked out and um i got to hear my first snort wheeze like in person this year um i are we doing it it right are we doing it right when when we try it some people are i'm not (laughs) (laughs) but uh uh but yeah but no it it i i definitely learned a lot i learned a lot um and and some i mean i definitely came away with more questions than answers like i there's some there's some things i still can't figure out um i ended up I know the one I sent you, it was a big old buck. It was, uh, uh, I think it was the 13th. I, sh- I shot my doe yeah. that morning and I went back out, um, and in the evening trying to fill another doe tag and this buck ended up coming out. Uh, we had a cold front coming. That's mm-hmm. the, that's, the, that's the only reason I think he was out there in daylight with before dark and, uh, where he came from, I don't know maybe he's maybe he is living there there's there's some houses there there's a pretty active uh neighbor that is always uh walking around and walking around on my parents property which real is really frustrating um no matter how many times we ask her to stay off during hunting season yeah um but maybe he is living up there and maybe he doesn't mind that little bit of pressure that he's used to um but yeah, I definitely learned a lot this year. That's good. Um, by from deer that I wasn't able to shoot. But that's all right though. Like that's absolutely you, you know what I mean? Like that that's the that's the one key thing like about killing that buck early on is that you had these other experiences, right? Like your season yep. just did not end. You didn't exactly you know, stay home and all that type of stuff. And and you know, that is critical that you're able to do that. And like you said too, you're watching deer make certain movements and behavioral, uh, you know, mannerisms and like, that's, I don't know, that's really important. And I didn't get a chance to necessarily see that with, with, uh, multiple bucks this year. Like, obviously I killed mine in that 20, uh, 23rd week or whatever it was. And, you know, then I went to Ohio, so I was still in like hunt mode, did all that type of stuff. But, um, but like you said though, Ryan, about seeing and, and learning a little bit, mine was like, I took what I learned from the previous years a little bit and I, I struck right. Like I struck mm-hmm. gold. It seemed like on every hunt that I did and it, it, I kind of, I look at it as like, okay, 
that makes sense, right? Like you're understanding things and you, you, it, it ended up happening. Or if I would see deer from afar or other things like that, like it, it's still mapped out. I might've just been in the wrong, wasn't in the bubble. I was just outside it basically, or something along those lines. Um, and then I go to Ohio and it was like a whole different beast. It was just a whole different learning, uh, because of the property, the, the layout and, and uh, so I'm excited to like now I have like this thing of man I can't wait to go back to Ohio next year you know what I mean just because yep. I want to piece together what what as I'm driving home from that trip man I would have done this differently now or I, yep. man did, why did it, why did he come out this way and uh, all that type of stuff so I'm I'm excited to put those things that I learned uh, out out into the field uh, for sure next year. Yep, absolutely. I like absolutely. that, man. That's good. So now you're talking about self-filming, and you were talking about bringing your son out there. That's the one aspect that I can't, I can't stress enough for people. Like I think from last spring to to this past fall hunting season, my favorite time of filming was last spring during the the two hunts I took my daughter out for her turkey, and although we didn't even hear one that like the times we went out, it yeah. was like the, the enjoyment that I had just filming her and just getting her like to see the excitement and share those memories. And man, that was really, really cool. And there were times like in the fall where I was, I stuck with it. I finally got my first, uh, filming deer caught on film where, where I got that, that shot on film. It finally was like four years into making. It seems like it was always that in the back of my head, oh man, just, just take care of business, right? Take care of business. And I made it a point this year. And there were times where I wish I would have stuck to that to Mm -hmm. to a little bit. Um, And I I do plan on that for for this upcoming year. And then I learned to not let it like ruin a hunt, I guess you could kind of say. And I've, you just kind of, and just have to enjoy what you're doing. And if you don't mm-hmm. enjoy it, then don't do it. And that's anything, yep. right? That's not just self-filming. Absolutely. That's just, that's anything. So that's why, man, like I, I give you a lot of credit. Like I said, number one of just seeing your your progression uh, going up on a on that slope of getting awesome footage, piecing a, a story together. And I think obviously you've learned a lot from those guys at Bowhunter Die. They do a, an unbelievable job, especially when it comes to like telling the story. But that's the as- aspect that I really enjoy is even if your video is only 10, 12 minutes long, within that 10, 12 minutes, you're telling a good quick story that's enjoyable, fun to watch, to the point type of ordeal. So, yep. it, you know, I, 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 I really like what you're doing. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'd like, I'm glad to hear that. I, uh, I, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. There, there are times, there are times where I'm like, man, when you're lugging all that stuff in the woods, I mean backpack is much much bulkier and heavier than it than <laughs> it needs to be um and i i and i i've talked with some of my buddies i'm like i remember walking into the woods when i first started bow hunting with just i had a fanny pack camo fanny pack with a grunt call uh a bleat can and uh like I, that's where i kept my release and everything like i and maybe oh i had a real little short easy hanger type thing and that was it that was it um but yeah, but no, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I, I really love being able to come back after a hunt. I, I'll, I can plug my camera into the TV. I can show my son and be like, Hey buddy, this is what dad saw tonight. And I mean, whether it's, whether it's a 
a squirrel coming up the tree right beside you and chattering at you or or whether it's deer or turkeys um it's it's very cool i i really enjoy it and i love being able to share that story with with people that's that's i i love that as well but um i haven't had it to the i haven't had it to where it's cost me a deer yet i haven't i haven't had it where it's like oh man if i where i couldn't get the shot on film type of thing um and maybe that i'm sure if you hunt long enough doing that it, it'll happen but um but i i genuinely enjoy it i i really do and i've uh i've definitely i've progressed um with i've also up upgraded some of my equipment um i got a new camera this year um i was using i was using an older one um actually one of the guys uh from bowhunter die was his old camera um he helped me get he hooked me up with that camera and it was great um but then this past year i i upgraded to uh one with a better zoom and 4k and uh that has that made a world of a difference in just my quality of video um and i and uh some things I might try to do, I might try to get a, uh, a new mic, um, here this coming year, but I, it's, it's so much fun. I mean, whether you're just going out with a GoPro, um, whether you're, um, taking a ticket, actually here, I have my, I was, I'm cleaning, I'm cleaning up memory cards, but so I'm just using a, it's a Canon. So it's like a little, I mean, it's like a little handy cam type thing. It's not huge. Um, and, uh, but I'll use some GoPros for second angle stuff. I did just get the Insta 360. Um, I've I've took it out to Missouri and I was using that, but I didn't end up uh, I didn't end up getting anything good with it. So like I haven't really played with that that much yet. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. I did go out uh, look for sheds here um, before this snow. snow we had last <laughs> week. But um, uh, but yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to what what that camera can add add to the. Yeah. The, the the one aspect that I've grown to appreciate about filming is the fact that like when I got that one on film it it really solidified of like how much I don't know in that heat of the moment. And what I mean by that is like when you texted me it was like wow that dude ducked that string. A uh, dude in the heat of the moment, I've, I think I've said this on a podcast with Jim and I, I had zero clue she ducked. Like, I was aiming for that bottom part just like yep. I always do. And, I mean, she she ducked right into it. I mean, it was a perfect long, like, I mean, I heard her crash and everything like that, so I knew she was down. But if if you were to sit there and before to look back at that photo, that, that video and say, hey, did, she, did the deer duck? I'd have been like, I don't think. <laughs> but she ducks so much. But just the fact of, I think back to a couple of years ago when I was had the film camera out with me and I just neglected to hit power and actually get the shot on film. And if I had a shot go amiss or something along those lines, how much I'm like, I'm hit, hit my head is in, of saying like, man, you would have known. You would have actually maybe have known where I hit or did I get a clean miss and along those lines. And I've come to appreciate the filming aspect more so for that. And then how that in return leads to those memories and all that type of stuff. So it's like a, it's kind of like a growing light bulb moment a little bit yep. for me, even yep. though like you, I knew it, but it was to finally, I think I finally got that monkey off my back and it's now I could appreciate it in a different light and be like, Hey, 
we could use this as a learning tool, not necessarily because you want to throw it up on YouTube. Do you know what yep. I mean? And oh, exactly. I, yeah. And that's, and that's huge. Yep. Yeah. And, and it really is. Um, and having that, having that part of it, like it, there was a couple years ago, same thing. I ended up, uh, it was opening day. Uh, I would have had my first buck on opening day ever, but he, he, he ducked, he ducked. Um, he's, he saw me, um, he came in behind me and, uh, he was, he knew something was up. He stood there for like 20 minutes and waited <laughs> and other deer came by, but he, he just stood there. And then when he did come up, he circled further away from me and I drew back and he was staring dead at me. He saw me draw and, uh, I shouldn't, I, I should have known better, but I shot and, uh, he did duck, but I was able to go back and look at my footage and sure enough, I mean, he ducked a lot and, and I was, a, the nice thing too, is I was able to see that I did have a, I had a clean miss. Um, and that's, that's big too. I mean, that's first thing I do. I mean, this, this buck this year, I, I heard him, I heard him fall. I, I, I think I did go back and look at the shot, but like, I wasn't where I, I knew he was already dead. I, I saw him laying there, but, uh, other time, other times when you don't see him fall within sight, man, being able to go back and look at that and be like, okay, I, cause what you often, what you think you see in person isn't actually what happened. I mean, everything happens so fast and we're such, I mean, the whole process, I mean, we, you know, you get in the zone, like you don't, you don't know, ex trying to think back, like, like I, like I said, I can't tell you why my, how my release went off. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and if it wasn't for that second angle, that's the only thing that makes me think maybe it got hung up in the binocular harness strap. I'm right. not sure. Um, but yeah, no, there's, it adds a whole nother aspect of education mm -hmm. to your hunt. Um, either not knowing some, either not knowing or realizing something that you're doing in the heat of the moment or learning what actually happened right. with the shot. Right. Um, and, and I'm using, uh, lighted knocks, which they can tell you a lot, but you might, depending on the angle or whatever else, you might think that knock disappears at one spot, but it might actually be yeah totally different. Yeah. That's huge. I, I went back to using lighted knocks this year. I know you guys use a, a certain brand, but I, this year I, I was using uh, halo knocks. I was yep. really impressed with those um, out of Texas. Really, really impressed with with those. Really easy to on off type of situation. But um, as far as like the construction, they they're really well built. I really like those Halo knocks. They're really, really cool. Um, all right, so you went then to Missouri first time. Was that a first trip for you there? That was the first trip to Missouri. Yeah. Nice. How, how did that go? It was, it was interesting. It was interesting. Um, we had, we had a blast. I mean, just getting away from getting away, away from work and being able to shut yeah. my brain off for that is always, always a plus. But, um, so we didn't draw Kansas this year. So okay. we looked at other opportunities with over the counter tags and, uh, driving through Missouri before we were like, Hey, let's maybe we'll check this out someday. Well, we didn't draw t Kansas. So we decided, Hey, let's try Missouri. Um, ended up uh we did a bunch of bunch of e-scouting um so like i had a whole bunch of spots marked i wanted to look at i was i have um some buddies out there in missouri and i was texting them and talking to them on the phone asking them about general air, like 
public land areas and um the consensus that i ended up hearing was hey you probably want to check out the northern part of the state and uh we hunted the southern part of the state so (laughs) but (laughs) but uh part part of that is so when we go out there we're just we're hunting public land um we have a, a trailer like a cargo trailer that my buddy uh ended up putting a couple plywood bunks in yep and uh we have electric hookup like so if a campsite has electric or we could put a we could bring a generator but if we had uh electric we do that but when it comes down to uh bathrooms um we've been staying in campgrounds that have facilities open yeah uh, i mean you're you're hiking around uh you're getting sweaty you want to be able to get a shower uh two dudes uh (laughs) eating chili and sandwiches all week you don't want to be uh if you have if you have the ability to have a real bathroom um that's that's where that that's what we have been trying to do here so uh, in kansas we found a spot that people were super cool and generous to us um most of these places are shutting bathrooms down october 30th or october 31st and uh regardless of weather, like they do it because it gets cold and they don't want to have to heat the stuff and they don't want pipes breaking. But regardless of whether that's like their drop dead date for, for uh, bathhouses and stuff. So this place in Kansas, we, we call them up and we tell them our situation and they were bringing space heaters in for us. And here they ended up installing a heater and now, now they're, they're able to keep it open into November, um, which is super cool. Um, here in Missouri, I was calling around different places, couldn't find anywhere that would have anything open. Um, so, and, and most of the stuff we were looking at were either state parks or conservation areas with campgrounds around them. And um, so with that, started looking south. Um, there's a whole bunch of pu- public land out there um, in like the Ozarks, um, Mark Twain National Forest, big big area there um millions of acres that that you can check out and that's my buddy was interested in that he's like hey we we have opportunities to move around if we're not seeing something like or if we're running into other hunters like we'll be able to get away from other people we'll be able to move and find deer and yeah we ran into very few other hunters there um none of them while hunting like we ran into people talking to people like walking out um and driving on the road and that sort of thing and in the campground with us but uh, otherwise, uh, where we ended up going, uh, was a, uh, it's in going out to that part of Missouri and some of the people we talked to, everyone was so nice and generous and they were giving us, giving us pointers and like that sort of thing. Like, Hey, like, yeah, hike up here. I see deer, I see deer crossing the road here every night and go, go, go check that out up there. And, um, it was, it was great. We ended up, the weather was warm. It, that that always makes it difficult. It slows everything down, um, even when even when they're supposed to be rutting. And um, but uh, we had trail cameras up, uh, got some pictures. Cell service was terrible, um, so they pretty much ended up being regular trail cameras. We had to go check them, um, and uh, but we ended up getting some on camera. Uh, ended up seeing some. Saw a couple the first night. We were just scouting and that's what we've been doing with all these hunts we've been going on out of state is putting a lot of time up front scouting hiking around checking out 
bunch of different properties, really looking for a fresh sign and uh, hunting that big woods out there in Missouri. It was really hard to find any type of sign. Um, we found some, some rubs, nothing, nothing big. Um, so aside from either putting eyeballs on that deer or maybe getting a picture of them, I mean, you don't know how big that deer is, but when, when the rubs only that big around or, or smaller, like you don't know, found a couple scrapes, um, got excited, put some cameras on them. Nothing, nothing came back and hit them. Um, but, uh, uh, but we, we had a blast. We had a blast. The weather finally cooled down on that. Uh, so we hunted, I think we hunted Sunday through Friday morning, then Friday. So Thursday weather turned and we ended up seeing, seeing deer. We finally turned cold. Um, I ended up seeing three, three bucks. I would have shot three, eight pointers. Um, and, uh, they were chasing does and, uh, ended up, I ended up calling one into about 30 yards. He hung up behind uh, a couple cedars and never, never, never came out from behind there. And he turned around and after about 10, 15 minutes, I ended up seeing him about a hundred yards away, going the other direction. But, um, but it, it was a blast. We, we, again, learned a lot. Um, we didn't necessarily, like I said, I was hoping to hunt some of the other areas. I did, I did a lot more e-scouting and a lot more, uh, prep with getting information from people and, um, for some other areas of the state, but, uh, we were sort of, uh, hamstrung by, by the bathhouse situation. Um, but it's one of those things. It was really cool to do something new. There's, there's something I really enjoy about going to Kansas and we stay at the same campground and we, we start looking at some of the properties that we've had success on or seen sign on in the past. And then, uh, having some of that familiarity is, it's is huge. fun to an extent too. Mm -hmm. Um, and it does make it that much easier. Yeah. Uh, but trying something totally new like this was, was a lot of fun. Well, and it the good news is too, is like you, like how you were saying about you gained a little bit of Intel, like from yeah. other people and scouting. So like now say this year, you should most likely draw Kansas, but in the event that you yeah. don't, you're like, Hey, you know what? Like kind of like the situation where I was saying about Ohio, like now, yep. you know, a little bit of, it's just that little bit of knowledge from that one year that you can, you know, yep. apply for next year. And, you know, so I know you've done the Kansas thing a couple, like two, was it two years in a row, right? So it, we did three years in three a row. Years. We got, okay. That's we got right. really lucky. Yeah. Somehow we drew three years in a row. So you, but. so you, you drew that three years in a row. When, when do you come up with, cause I've had, I've talked to uh, we've had Tom run scavenge on the show. We've had Tim on the show, like two good buddies of mine that go out West and we know their process. Like we know that, uh, if, if you don't remember, I mean, both guys are very detail oriented with a spreadsheet, how many points they have to certain spots, like what their draw odds, like they're using go hunt, all that type of stuff. And you really have to prep for that Western trip extremely early you still could do that for whitetail, right? When do you, but when do you maybe look at it and be like, okay, I think we'll go here this year. Is it when you possibly find out if you draw or obviously maybe you're thinking about prior to doing that because you're thinking about drawing, like what, what is your kind of, do you have a timeline or, or a step process that, that you follow when it comes to, to whitetail, like where you're going to hunt just because 
I've been saying it for the last couple months. I still would love to go do another Western hunt one day in the future, but man, I really don't, it's not doing it for me anymore. Like I, like maybe I just need to experience again. Maybe it's been so long that I'm like, Oh man, I need that adventure again in my life. But I really want to go and do these fun whitetail states. I just friggin' love whitetail. So I think yeah. like that's also the problem. So like when you sit here and in, in, in February, when do you start doing that that planning process? So, so whenever uh, I, I definitely put a lot more time and effort into it uh, after the whole like application mm-hmm. process. Um, now they. I'm trying to think when they draw for this. I think they draw Kansas in June. I'm pretty sure it's June when they uh, let you know the results. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that point, at that point, it's game on. Like I'm, it's all I'm thinking about until until I'm until I'm out there. <laughs> um, but uh, but even even before then, I mean, I've I mean, anytime I'm, uh, I mean, I so I was just talking with some people uh, this week that I work with and going through. Uh, they were they were just out scouting in Kansas, and uh, for a hunt he's hoping to go on here uh, this coming November. And uh, it was his, his first time out there, and he was showing me some spots on uh, his app, showing me where he was looking, and um, he found the shed out there, so that was cool. And he's he's jacked about getting out there. And here um, I was pulling up stuff on my map, being like, oh yeah, this is. This is where this is where we've this is the area we're we're hunting we've been hunting, yeah. and um, uh, I mean it, and going through that it starts getting the juices going, and I'm I'm really, yeah. So I'm pretty much I, I'll say definitely once the application process starts mm-hmm. going, that's when I that's when I have been getting uh, into it and and looking. Um, so when you put in your uh, application, uh, you got to pick your areas you want to hunt. And now I will say when we first started hunting this spot, it was not me. It was my, it was my buddy and his brother who had history in that area in the past. Um, we have continued to hunt this spot, uh, because we've had a lot success. of success, success mm-hmm. and, um, and the whole campground arrangement, everything just works out really well. So, uh, that's, I can't take credit for picking this, this area. Now I will say it has progressed. Um, we have checked out a lot of new spots each year and, uh, some air, some spots that, um, that we have only learned about since we've been going down there a couple years. So, I mean, I'm constantly looking, looking on hunt stand, um, and I'm going through stuff. Uh, I've, I'm looking up, I Google this area and, and, and see what people have said about this, this unit in the past even. And, um, and then trying to put together some things and thinking like, okay, we have had different luck out there depending on what crops planted. Mm-hmm. So trying to think of some basic crop rotations and be like, okay, this, this was corn last year. It means maybe, maybe this year it'll be beans or maybe it'll be Milo more than likely it won't be corn again. Um, and, uh, that, that kind of stuff has had a, had an big, effect. Yeah. Um, big impact. Yeah. So, and a lot of that stuff, I'm not going to know until, until I'm out there. Now I know some of the apps will have, um, rotation or the what, what they were and, last and, yeah, year. The, yeah. yeah. And, 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 uh, have a guess of what is planted out there this year. I mean, I, I've seen some stuff that's pretty accurate with that and other stuff that's 
not even close. Not necessarily, not not necessarily <laughs> right. Um, but uh, so that that's definitely a big thing we look at. Um, trying to figure out if some of these public pieces are open to the public again. Um, so in Kansas, they have the walk-in hunting areas, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, on the apps, if you click on them, a lot of them will say, well, they'll say what time frame they're good for, what type of animals you can hunt there. Um, the best thing to do is to go to the state's website that mm-hmm. has all that current information. Um, then you know it's current. That's the most current information you're going to get. But um, uh, looking at some of that stuff has definitely, because there are pieces that you're like, oh man, this looks really good. And you click on it and it's like, nope, this one's only open for turkey in the spring. And it's like, okay, yeah. So the, the, they don't have an agreement for deer hunting yeah. on that one. Yeah. Um, or there's ones that uh, late, I don't know when they do their, like their signups and their leasing for that, but there are ones that end up disappearing um, that are no longer walk-in hunting. And sometimes it didn't show up until a month or two before the season started. True. So, um, and like, like everywhere, I mean, here in Pennsylvania, it really surprises me the whole leasing aspect, yeah. but, um, but there are, we run into it out there where people are leasing ground that was open to the public before they come in, they offer the farmer more money and, uh, buy essentially buy him out of his lease with the state of Kansas and then pay on top of that to, for him to, for them to lease it out. And, uh, so some of them have disappeared for that reason. Other ones disappear for, I'm sure other reasons. Right. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, I really, I really start thinking about it and, and it's all I think about once, <laughs> if, <laughs> if I get, it. if I, if I get selected in June, yep. yeah, that's, that's all I'll be thinking about for sure. That's awesome. For sure. Yeah. But like I said, this, this was a new year for me this past year. Like I, I was going to, I went to Maryland, I did PA obviously in, in Ohio. And so I kind of, Cause I'm starting to think about it now. Like I, I will, I would like to do the, the same three next year just because I have that familiarity with it. Um, and a little bit of unfinished business, both yep. in, in the out of state, like had a really cool encounter in Maryland, had a really cool encounter in, in Ohio and just didn't get a chance to seal the deal. And I, I want to have another crack at that, whether I do or I don't, I just, it's like, you know, you're adding, you're adding to, to the attributes there. And, uh, I was just curious to just because I know you've done it and I always wanted to know and you know there's different levels and what people do and so I appreciate you sharing that Ryan but man dude I I appreciate this this fun conversation Ryan this was this was a good good way to to kick things off a little bit still here in, in the month of February and appreciate you uh, taking the time and having patience with me this week no hey I'm hey anytime man I appreciate you having me on this is this is always a good good conversation and uh, yeah no I'm. Yeah, and this just this just has me even more jacked to get out there and I go scout a little bit. I know yeah. this the snow needs to melt, man. But where where could people follow along and watch that video and, and everything like yeah. that, Rye? So yeah, so um so you can check out the video on the Bow Hunter Die um, YouTube channel. So bowhunting.com uh, YouTube channel. Uh, they have they're on Roku. There's a, they have an app on Roku, Apple TV, all that stuff. Um, and then social media, um, bowhunting.com uh, bow hunter die. Uh, my personal Instagram is, uh, ryan.cornelius underscore B H O D. And, uh, but yeah, but no, I, I thank you for having me on Jeremy. Dude, I, anytime. I, I always enjoy this. Absolutely, man. Well, please go follow Ryan. Really good person. Uh, really enjoyed this conversation. Hopefully you did too. And we'll see you next week, everybody. Antler up.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Antler Up Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please go check us out on our Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Go Wild, and at antlerupoutdoors.com. If you enjoyed this episode, go leave a review and subscribe for next week's episode. Until then, Antler Up.